This episode of Philly's Therapy is brought to you by Loop. Ask any ball player, and they'll say there's no better feeling than coming up with a big hit when it matters most. Download the number one sports card app and get those big hits for yourself. Join Loop and get access to live sports card streams all day, every day. Our community hits cards that are worth up to thousands of dollars every night. Get a piece of the action for yourself. Download Loop for free today at loop.cards. That's L-O-U-P-E dot cards. Loop, sports cards 24-7. Well, 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 look who decided to come back right as things were getting good. Look who decided to join the bandwagon. None other than the athletic Philadelphia himself personified, the pride of Central Bucks West, Mr. Matt Kelb, back from family leave. Matt, welcome back. I don't think you could have picked a better time to rejoin the party. Matt Vierling plays second base now? He plays it beautifully. He's a gold glover. Yeah, he's playing third base. We're taping this. I'm in the basement of uh, Citizens Bank Park uh, before Monday's game. And I'm just happy that – I'm sorry. I mean, like, not happy that the Phillies lost, but I'm kind of glad they lost before (laughs) I came back because if they had won 10 in a row and I came back and they faced Sandy Alcantara, and who knows what will happen. But uh, if they would have lost on my first day back, I don't know that uh, I would have been allowed back. No, that that is correct. You you picked. I wasn't exaggerating when you said you picked the perfect time because um, you're absolutely correct. We would not have allowed you to come back. You know how we're superstitious we are. We couldn't break that streak. But I will say, just to give you a little bit of credit, because maybe you would have been readmitted just on account of this alone. On your last episode, episode seven, which, gosh, six weeks ago at this point, uh, here's a quick little readout. Uh, from about 51 minutes into that episode, if I may. And I'm quoting here. Here's my last word, my prediction. They'll probably be like 500 when I get back. Brief skip. Just because, I don't know, if they're not within two games of 500 when I'm back, I'm going to be stunned. Matt, the Phillies are 30 and 30. How do you do it? I mean, it seems like uh, it was a bit of a circuitous route to uh, 30 and 30. I'll say. Um, Rob Thompson's the manager now, yeah. I mean, I've been trying to, I've been trying, I tried to follow along a little bit uh, here and there. I did put a, um, I put like a cap on my, uh, on my, my Twitter app, you know, like for most uh-huh. of my time. Uh, but then when things started to get pretty bad, uh, I, I am a sicko and I was trying to uh, follow along <laughs> and uh, you know, I, I, my timing, I, I, uh, I kind of feel weird having not been around and I apologize to people uh, who read and, it was weird not being around. I thought I timed it okay. Didn't think they would fire the manager uh, before July 1 or even June 15th. But uh, <laughs> here we are. And uh, I don't know. I'm fascinated to see what this looks like. I'm wondering, Paul, if you could tell me, like, I don't know, give me, I don't even want, I don't want like a Cliff's notes of what happened. I want you to tell me, like, what do you think is real and what do you think isn't real about, like, you know, this team right now or, or something from the last few weeks. I mean, it's funny. They probably had among their worst losses in the last decade, the Mm. Norwood game against the Mets, right? And then they probably had one of their best wins of the last decade, the stop walk-off, right? I mean, those are top five 
wins and losses of the last decade, I think, right? Well, uh, yeah, I mean, we'll get into what we think is real and what's not real in just a second, but that Angels series last weekend or the previous weekend was really among one of the best like stretches of baseball I've, I've watched as a Phillies fan. I mean, I know it's been a long time since the heyday years and there were better games and better times. And obviously you say that about a team that wins the, the whole damn world series, but that weekend against the angels, every single thing basically went right. And I can't remember the last time it's, there's been a prolonged stretch and it carried over for once. It finally carried over into more games <laughs> where things actually went right and they stayed going right. It was unbelievable. I mean, even though things came to a bit of a thudding halt yesterday with, you know, a 13 to one loss or whatever, um, it's okay. You can kind of shrug that one off because for the last week and a half before that, everything was amazing. And I was thinking to myself, like, the Phillies needed exactly what they got on that Sunday when they got the Harper Grand Slam to tie the game and then they got Stott to hit the, uh, uh, the walk-off. And then they just kept it going. What, what had been missing from teams of the past was the ability to let that memory, that good time actually hang around for a little bit. Whenever it seemed like they had a bit of momentum, they win two, maybe three games here or there. Somebody has a hot streak. They inevitably fall into some weird sort of miasma where they just can't get out of their own way. And then they, they sabotage themselves. You know, you look at the time they went in between winning streaks of that length seven or eight games even. And before last year, it had been 10 years. Like it's just been a long time since they had any sort of sustained success, but that was exactly what they needed. They're back at 500, which in itself feels like a win. Um, and now they have to build on that. As for what's real or not real, I think you can go a couple different ways with a couple of different things. Broadly speaking, I think the offense is real. I think we're finally seeing what this team was assembled to do. Um, Kyle Schwerber has been off to an amazing start. Bryce Harper is hitting like, you know, Bryce Harper. Um, really the only disappointment the last six weeks or so that you've been away has been Alec Bohm has been regressing, which is not great. You don't like to see that. Um, JT real new you can kind of go off and on with him. He's had a couple of short, hot streaks. He's fallen back in it a little bit. The defense, it's still good, but it seems like it leaves him on occasion, like on a random game, he'll have just a couple of bad throws down to second base, or he'll just make like a strange, strange decision with his pitch calling. I don't know. It, it, that one's a little harder to pin down. And on the pitching side, uh, Zach Wheeler is alive, which is great and wonderful to see. I know we were, we were kind of, you know, tapping our wrists and waiting for him to come around, but the rotation on a whole, you know, Ranger Suarez is still trying to find himself. Kyle Gibson has been okay. With Wheeler and Nola pitching the way they are, you know, that's that's fine. You take that. And then the bullpen. Um, the bullpen, I think, is very much not real. Uh, there are good things. Sir Anthony Dominguez is a good thing. But apart from him, oh, my gosh, what what is what is the rest of this bullpen? If Corey Knable is broken, I, I, that may be a little harsh to say, but he does not, he does not look good. It, it's been a truly tough month, month and a half for him. Uh, Jerry Smilia. I don't really feel like you can trust him. He's not overpowering anybody. He's walking a lot of guys, giving up hits. Uh, Andrew Bellotti, his Cinderella story may be almost over. He's about to turn into a pumpkin again, potentially. Brad Hand had a scoreless streak, but let in a few inherited runners and then was kind of iffy. 
And then the rest is just whatever, you know, Norwood, like you mentioned, was designated for assignment in favor of someone named Michael Kelly, who would make his major league debut. I'm pretty sure if he appeared in a game, Jose Alvarado still can't be trusted. Connor Brogdon looks like he's okay. At least Um, there's still a lot of problems in familiar places. So while I think there's been, there's been a resurgence with the offense, which is great. That's what, that's what this team needs. They need to out hit people. Um, the pitching is still very much an area of concern, and I don't know still what they're going to do in center field. It's a bit of a broken record. It's not a lot different from the way you left it, if I'm being totally honest, on the whole. No, this feels like, yeah, exactly. I mean, this feels like I left this team in New York. Uh, they had been no hit. <laughs> it feels like forever ago. They had been no hit. Uh, they lost the Sunday night game uh, with F1 on the mound. Mm. And... Yeah, I mean, like, I've tried to peek in here and there. I've watched a few innings. I've, I've tried to read uh, when I can. I, I wanted to try to stay a little connected. Mm-hmm. Um, first few weeks, I didn't. I'm not going to lie. They're probably one of their better series, the Dodgers series. I did yep. not watch an inning. It was so late. I was trying to sleep before my son woke up, you know, at, like, yeah. whatever, 2 a.m. or 3 a.m. And exactly. so, uh, I, I, yeah, it's been interesting to see sort of the narratives that have formed, you know, uh, in the wake of Joe Girardi being fired and Rob Thompson taking over. And like, some of that is natural. I mean, like we want to tell ourselves a story, like we like to find stories and we want to find reasons why things are happening. But as you just described, I mean, this is kind of the way they're playing right now. It just seems like uh, as always, they're a team of extremes, the franchise of extremes, like mm-hmm. we know that. And they mm-hmm. just went through two really extreme stretches and ended up at 500 with sort of the same, uh, strengths and weaknesses that we thought they had so just got here in a weird way well it we did get here in a very weird way and while nobody really expected rob thompson's phillies to run the table for the rest of the season they did seem like they were playing with some kind of new energy like something really had changed i know that's another thing that's really hard to quantify but you watch this team over the last nine games and compare them with you know even just the week or two leading up to joe girardi getting canned it's a different team. It looks like a different group of people. They look like they're having fun. They, they are putting together better at bats on the whole. They are excited when things go well for a change. It just feels different. And I, you know, everybody's really latched on to Thompson at this point. Um, you know, it's only been nine games, of course, but everybody's like, maybe this is really just what we needed all along. It could be just total coincidence. I don't know. But not only have the players, looked like they're playing differently the messaging has also seemed to change where thompson itself has been like you know we're going to ride some of the younger guys now we're going to get them more playing time um the group of the younger players you know bohm and stott and all of them being labeled daycare the phillies daycare you know getting a nickname out there even just as a little bit of fun feels like a foreign concept from (laughs) from the past couple of months like i know you just got back but as you were in the clubhouse today, and as you've you maybe been talking to people ramping back up to come back, do you get the sense that something really has changed, or is this just a, a nice bit of timing on everybody's part? Oh, I mean, I sense the guys just more relaxed. I can see that. Mm. I do like, I don't know. I, and it's like, yeah, what creates good energy? Is it like, is it does the energy come when you win, or does it have to come before you start winning? I would say that like it comes from winning. Mm. Uh and like the young players narrative, like that's the one thing like I've kind of like, ah, like, I don't know, you know, like it's funny because like 
Stott was going to, to play, you know, yeah. no matter who the manager was, because Segura gets hurt, right? right. And then I know Camargo gets hurt too right away, but mm-hmm. Stott was going to play. Mm-hmm. And, and if we remember, like Stott made the team, he was the opening day third baseman. Uh, the plan was to move guys around. They were going to use a DH to try to get everyone in there. And then two weeks in the season, they don't, you know, the DH is gone because it's Bryce now. Right. And two weeks in the season, Segura, Gregorius, and Bohm, you know, remember Bohm sat for a week sure. and he comes back, you know, they, we, the questions were asked, like, why aren't you playing Bohm? It's kind of weird. You know, he had that crazy three-hour game and turns out like they might've handled it just fine. Like he right. came back, he was good. Yeah. He actually started 51 straight games before Monday tonight now with Matt Veerling playing third base. So I, I, I don't know, like the kids thing. <sighs> You're saying I, it, I think, it's always been I think there. it's, well, I just think that like it's stopped. Like, I don't know if it's a kid's thing. I mean, it's stopped. Bryson oh. Stott is playing better. Bryson hmm. Stott is playing better. He's playing every day. Hmm. And is it because the manager changed? I don't think so. I think it's because like Gene Segura is out, you know, until September probably. And like stop. Let's remember, like, let's, let's remember the first two weeks. And I know it was only two weeks. I mean, he was completely overmatched. Yeah. And when they had to send somebody out, like when Gregorius, when everyone was healthy and they didn't have the use of the DH anymore, really, because it was Bryce's spot, they had to send somebody out and it wasn't going to be Bohm. Bohm had been playing better. You know, he got mm-hmm. after that little break and he's also a younger player and sure. they're going to lean on Bohm and they have leaned on Bohm all the like young player narratives, like kind of leave him out. It's like, well, he has been playing every day and I know he hasn't played well played, but they have stuck with him. I mean, he's played 50 straight, started 50 straight games. I mean, at least defensively, he seemed like he was okay. I won't say Robinson, but he's right. He's He's better. better. Yeah. Right. More confidence. Right. And now stop is just, he looks confident and yes. Does it help that he's not looking behind his shoulder literally because there's no one, I mean, apparently Matt Vierling, I guess maybe like once a week is behind him, <laughs> yeah. but like there's literally no one behind him. And so like, he knows that if he has an over, he's going to be in the line the next day. And yes, mm-hmm. there is a certain level of energy that comes from that. And maybe that wasn't coming from the previous manager, but this whole like kids narrative, like, I don't know. And like, as, as loath as people might want to admit this, like, well, Dubois Herrera is probably a better option in center field right now than Mickey Moniak. And, and, and Moniak, I know, hasn't played a lot, but when he's played uh, in the majors, uh, he has not great. made contact. No. He has his last extra base hit in the majors, and I know he hasn't been playing in the majors all time. His last extra base hit in the majors, Paul, was April 21st, 2021. Mm, not great. And, you know, as much as people want to see Moniak be a thing, like, let's not forget, like, going into spring training, he was viewed as, like, a possible, you know, best-case scenario, like a – platoon guy a fourth yep. outfielder right? right same thing with veerling too like i don't know if you're going to find many evaluators who would be like you know matt veerling is an everyday guy in the bigs sure. matt veerling i think is, is like a nice piece you know like i think people believe that like, he's the guy that home run he hits hits in milwaukee like that's matt veerling right there a guy who hits the ball hard you, you need him to pinch hit late in the game maybe he's got a good matchup especially against a lefty you know crushes lefties great uh, yeah yeah, like and and so he was in that role and he did his job and it was a big hit, a huge hit for them. Sure. Um, I just, I don't know. I think it's all Bryson Stott. Like you look at the rest of the numbers of the younger players and, uh, like when when some of these infielders come back, who who's going to go out? Like I think Mickey Moniak might go back to the minors, and I don't know that it would be would it be unjust would it be unwarranted to send him back right now? No. Um, it- 
it's tough because you you want to see him do what he was doing in the spring. Obviously, you face lesser competition in the spring, but he did look like he was doing something differently. He did look like he was getting his hands through quicker. Kevin uh-huh. Long was talking about how he was one of the easiest fixes, I think, of his professional career. He was talking about Moniac when he said that. Um, yep. You know, that that was encouraging and it made you feel like, okay, this guy can really be a contributor. And then, of course, he breaks his hand and, you know, maybe owing to that a little bit, you know, a, a six, seven week break, uh, no pun intended. Uh, and probably but, came back too fast. Because yeah, again, nat- you know. naturally, like, you know, center field was, you know, on a bird, you know, it's on a burial ground, basically. It's on. Yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah, no, so. it is. It is. It, it's, it's a cursed position. But, you know, you, you look at all of that and it's just like, yeah, something's still not quite right. I, I don't think people have given up all hope on this. And I, I think last spring was a nice bit of encouragement, for, not just for Mickey, but for people who wanted to see something a little bit more out of him. Um, but yeah, I, if he doesn't turn something around pretty quickly or, or whatever is wrong, yeah, I would imagine he would be the one to go out. But yeah. I, I think... On a, on a slightly related. So am I, am I, am I like, am I being, am I being too like negative here? Like you, am I being too, well, so I, I want like three minutes on my, on the end of Joe. Cause I have some, I do have like one thought <laughs> I, on the end of Joe. I know we don't want to talk about Joe Girardi. No, but, no, no. Uh, I was, I'm happy. I'm happy to no longer, you know, but uh, sure. I, yeah. I, I was actually about to, I, I was going to segue into that, but I guess real briefly before we, we get into Joe here, it it's fine and fair to note that, the Phillies are still a flawed team. Like, yeah, they won nine in a row and they look really good doing it, but they still have their problems. And it's worth it to talk about those problems to identify where things might be improved later in the year. Things where, you know, you might want to try and shore up some of the weaknesses if you really want to be a contending team. This streak was great. You can't necessarily say you expect them to win nine out of every 10 games for the foreseeable future, uh, mostly because they are missing some of their better players, you know, Segura, uh, most notably among them. And the back of the bullpen just still looks uh, tentative, we'll call it. So it's worth grounding ourselves a little bit while noting that last week and a half was amazing. That was a lot of yeah. fun. Yeah, but this and team- I think it's, yeah, I mean, like people wanted like something to get around yeah. this summer. And like, it's clear that like, you're going to have that. Like, you're going to have a team that is going to be, uh, they're c- going to be competitive. And I know for a few weeks there, I think a lot of people were probably thinking, I, I'm not sure I want to spend my time this summer watching this. Well, it was just, it was missing for too long. It, it was absent for too long. They, they went for too long of a stretch without that, that firepower, without that offense, without, you know, with that Dodgers series aside, that was about the only time the bats really showed up for, you know, more than three games at a time uh, over the last month, really. And so for the, everything to start really clicking in for longer than just three days or a single series, it was like, oh, that's what we were supposed to be seeing. That's what this is supposed to look like. And it was nice to actually see it in action, again, for more than just a brief flash in a pan. Um, okay. Crazy. It's crazy that they had a nine-game winning streak and did not gain a gain single zero game on the Braves. <laughs> no ground. I, well, the Bra- God, the Braves annoy me so much. We'll talk about them later. Um, let's, let's shift gears a little bit here and, and bid one last parting farewell, whatever to Joe Girardi, manager emeritus, uh, 2020 to mid 2022 RIP. Um, his era was not successful. 
Um, the Phillies did not accomplish what they hoped to by bringing him in. They did not make the playoffs. At times, the team seemed like they did not have that much fun. Um, seemed, mm, I won't say obvious, but almost obvious that a number of uh, key contributors, we'll say, weren't really buying into him as the years went on. Um, Matt, fill us in a little bit. What, what, um, what eulogy would you like to give for the Joe Girardi era? There's certain things I'll buy and certain things I'll sell. I'll buy that players were not, they, they felt Joe's stress and it kind of emanated throughout the dugout and clubhouse. I will buy that. Hmm. I, the younger players thing, I kind of got into it. I'm not going to, I'm going to, I'm not going to buy that. I'm not going to okay. buy that as like a demise as part of Joe's demise. And okay. I know people will fight me on that. I get that. <laughs> uh, I, I'm going to focus on, on mainly one thing though. And I, I think Joe, Joe Girardi's demise and, and sort of the, the thing that the cloud that's hung over this franchise, it, it's all about the bullpen. And like a, a bad bullpen can be as deflating as just about anything uh, on, on a roster. And you think about it, it affects everybody. I mean, you looked at, I know you guys have mentioned on the podcast and I, I thought a cool uh, fill in host. And I, I think you did a good job <laughs> uh, replacing huh. me. You probably could replace me on a permanent basis, no, but knock uh, it off. I forget which one it was, but one of you guys were noting how like they scored a run late in the game to take lead. Nobody really seemed that excited. And I think in the San Francisco series. Yeah. Yeah. Part of that is because like they, as an offense, you're like, you can, there's so many times they've scored like five or six runs, but they needed to score seven or eight because the bullpen ends up blowing it. And like, they know that that's in the back of their heads, even though guys won't say that, like they know that it affects them. Cause like, you're like, Ah, like, is it going to be enough? Like, it's like, oh yeah, we got, you know, we scored this run, but it's like, is it going to be enough? Because it hasn't been enough so many times mm. as a starting staff. Like you feel like you got to pitch as deep as you can. And you feel like you've let your team down. If you have to give it to the bullpen before the sixth or seventh inning, and that can have an effect. Those losses that they had over the last few years. And even this year, late in games, they just are so deflating. And, and, you talk about, oh, well, the greatest thing about baseball is we have tomorrow. We come back tomorrow and we do it again. Yeah. Those are the kind of losses that linger and they wear on a team and they obviously wore on the manager. And now the bullpen has not been constructed well, but I'm not going to absolve the manager because I don't think it was managed well either. Mm. And the one spot where a manager has the most uh, influence, I think, period, uh, is managing a bullpen. It's deciding who pitches when and that game in Atlanta, the, the Nick Nelson game, in my opinion, uh, is, is what cost Joe Girardi his job. And I, I think it's as simple as that. I really do. And I'm not, I'm not saying like that that definitely was like what pushed him into firing him. I just think that that is such an epitome of uh, Girardi's tenure where he has these rules that he's put in place and for good reason, you know, and how he manages a bullpen. Uh, but when you haven't made the playoffs for a decade and bullpen has been a problem and you and, and you kind of need to pull yourself out of this kind of skid you have and you have a chance to have a great signature win in atlanta uh, with a late bryce harper homer yeah. and, and you don't go to your closer there uh you, you lose a lot of guys in that clubhouse i think and and again i haven't been around this team so i don't know if that's what's happened but that, that kind of loss where you feel like it might have been preventable and again who knows like he ends up all to Corey Knable, like he said on his pitching on a third day, like he's been terrible. Who knows if he even closes it out. Right, so it right. There is a larger problem here that they haven't constructed the bullpen well. And if they are serious, they need to go get two or three more relievers. Like at least, I mean, if you've already fired the manager, you know, you've pulled that lever, like you've shown us, you've gone over the luxury tactic. You got to be willing to do no idea is too crazy right now. Yep. Right. 
I mean, you got to make the playoffs. You have to make the playoffs. And, like, no idea is too crazy. So you've already gone down that road. And uh, there's a large trash can passing me right now. Maybe that's, a, maybe that's appropriate for the bullpen. Um, <laughs> sorry. Sorry to the relievers. But it's a, it's a problem. And, like, it is, it is to me what ultimately cost Joe Girardi is that those losses warned him. He was inflexible in how he managed it. He was a bad unit for three years to begin with, and that falls on the front office. Mm. But I don't think Joe Girardi helped there. And I think that just accumulation of that really did take the energy out of this team. Maybe it's not as simple as that, but I think a bad bullpen can have that effect. And, and it just has everyone always looking over their shoulder. And those, some of those losses were just, were just terrible. And, uh, you know, we'll see. I mean, Rob Thompson's only going to be as good as the guys that go get him, I think in the bullpen because they need more guys. I mean, it's pretty clear. Mm. Amen. Well said. Matt. So, well, yeah. George Girardi, we will, you know. Yeah. You know, it, it's, it's. What a weird, what a weird tenure. What a it, weird tenure. It got us here. It got us to this point. Uh, we'll never forget the horse we rode in on, but now it's time to embrace the Rob Thompson era. <laughs> and, you know, hey, maybe, maybe this guy's really got something. Maybe he'll win everybody back, get that buy-in, maybe find, that magic touch to use, you know, what relievers he does have at his disposal in some sort of more efficient way. I, I don't know. You can only play the cards you're dealt. Um, but so far, so good, you know, far be it for me to complain about an eight and one start under a new manager. We'll have to see if it keeps up, especially now with eternal bugaboo, you know, Miami Marlins coming to town. And then finally, hopefully the Phillies get to prey on some lesser competition with a five gamer against the nationals. We're going to get, we're going to get the what if matchup on Thursday. It's Zach Wheeler against Patrick Corbin. Oh baby. And the, what if, you know, like, like, can you imagine if the Phillies had gone to six years six behind years. Patrick Corbin? Mm. Because holy shit, that contract looks bad right now. Mm. It's an interesting question on um, what as a fan you would tolerate in order to land a world series, right? Because that's right. Flags like, do fly. Flags do fly forever. They, yes. they do, man. But oh boy, like at what point does your patience run out? Anyway, that's another team's problem. Not ours. We have enough things we need to go to therapy over. Um, Matt Gelb, the athletic Philadelphia coming to us from the bowels of citizens bank park, where he is back on the beat. And we are ever so thankful to have him back on the beat and to get more, um, boots on the ground stories back on the pages of the athletic and of course back here with me and all of you matt welcome back glad to have you back hopefully you're not a total jinx talk to you soon paul (laughs) 